Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I'm literally recording this right after recording the episode. So this is uh, usually I'll put a maybe a day or two or a week or a month in between when I record the intro after recording the episode. But no, not not today. I'm not fucking around. Okay, we're getting right into the intro right after recording the episode. And right now we're getting right into the sponsor right now. Okay, and the sponsor is a complete. So my guest today is Tanaya. Damn it, I forgot to ask her. I just realized this. Tanaya, it used to be Christian. Tanaya Christian? And now it's, at least on Facebook, Tanaya Rothschild. So I forgot to ask her about that. I got to text her. Tanaya, I, I have to text you. Either way, Tanaya is a... Um, an old friend of mine from uh, from the high school days, from the high school musical days. And um, I wanted to get her on the podcast when I did my Black Lives Matter episode, but uh, we were not able to make that happen. And we talk about that in the episode, but um, I was able to get her on now. And it was a great episode. It was a lot of fun to talk to her, catch up and um, mustard and uh, mayonnaise. And now, see, I always do that joke with the ketchup. I always do it. Always do it. But it's all I got. (laughs) Literally, it's all I got. Uh, But no, no, no. Uh, It was a lot of fun to talk to Tanaya. She's a a great person. Very talented. Um, She always was. I remember her being very talented. And I can only imagine that that talent has only increased in the decade since I last talked to her. So sit back, relax, get ready, get set, because it is Tanaya. Oh, there we go. I had my mic muted. Um, <laughs> What's going on? Oh my gosh, I haven't heard your voice in I think a decade. I know it's been a long time. Wow. How are you? Oh, I uh, I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there trying to stay safe and clean and everything else. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, how are you uh, holding your phone? I just want to make sure that the audio is going to be as cri- as crisp as it can be. Um, I'm holding it just in my hands. You need me to put it on speaker or just put it down? Maybe try speaker. I just want to see what the audio sounds like. Okay, hold on. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh, Yeah, I think that might, uh, if that's, oh, but now I hear myself. Okay. <laughs> do you have <laughs> earphones or do you have like earbuds? Um, I don't have earbuds. Give me one second. It just sounds like you're like maybe like in a vacuum and you're really far away. Can you hear me now? Yes. What are you doing differently this time? I'm just holding the phone closer. (laughs) Oh, okay. Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, because I don't hear myself and you sound sound pretty clear. Okay. So 
for everyone listening, I originally reached out to uh, Tanaya, who, by the way, uh, Tanaya and I go way back, uh, which is like a common thread of this podcast. It seems like I'm just going through the yearbook and, okay, let me get this person on. Let me get this person on. But um, I reached out to Tanaya when I did the Black Lives Matter episode because um, I am familiar with Tanaya, so I knew that we would be able to have a a really good conversation, um, mature you know, respectful conversation and, and really get some points across, but, uh, you were unable to do so because you had a, uh, I believe you had a, like a tragedy in your family and, and totally understandable. Um, and you were like, Hey Eddie, I can't do it right now, but uh, I still want to come on at some point. So here we are and we're making it happen. Here we are. So you're in, you're in Pennsylvania or are you in Florida? No, I'm back in Florida. I moved back, uh, last year, last year, but I've been there for, the last four years, okay. I'm back in Florida now. Um, basically, just I don't know, just to come back home. I guess I was missing it. I went away for about four years after I graduated college. I graduated from Florida School of the Arts in I think 2015, and I've um, been in Pennsylvania ever since. But I've been back this year, so I've been back home. It's been it's been quiet, but it's been nice. I like it. Which do you prefer more, Pennsylvania or sunny Florida? I think I prefer any city more. I think I'm just a city person. Okay. Like, I like the fast pace. I like the being out at night, the nightlife. I just like the city more. So I think I'm just a city girl regardless. <laughs> so, like, Orlando, Miami, Tampa? Well, I could probably move down there because I've thought about it. Um, I thought about moving to Orlando because I know it's more fast-paced than here. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I just like it better up there. I like the noise. I like the fast pace, the craziness. Interesting. Yeah, because you went to, like you said, you went to a, a school that was dedicated to theater acting. Because you really, yeah. got, you really got bit by the bug, and uh, I did. I did. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you listened to it, but uh, I had Patrick Ferris on, and oh no, I. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty recent one. It's like maybe I think episode ninety-one or two. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, like a majority of that podcast, which was surprising to me because I really wanted to talk about, cause he does, he's in the, in the music field now and he's uh, really trying to make that work. But we really talked for the most part, ironically, but not as ironically, cause it's pretty relevant. We talked about To Kill a Mockingbird and, um, Mm -hmm. and everything involved with that. And it was just a really good conversation, but you know, we were talking about, acting and and how you know yeah when he was in high school it was it was like a balance for him to 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 have to balance acting which is this sort of you can look at it as like a nerdy kind of yeah definitely <laughs> right right and and especially for someone like Patrick who is quote unquote in high school cool you know mm-hmm. he has to you know and so we really talked about that and how we had two different personalities and uh did you yeah. like did you did you feel like you ever had to do that or were you just 100% I just there? felt me and Pat yeah me and, me and Patrick actually talked about this when we were in in school it was kind of like a like most black kids don't do theater so it was already just like we got made fun of from our community cuz it's just it's just not popular in that community so like it was just the nerdy thing like you said the nerdy thing to do but we both like we just loved it i don't know we just loved something about it like we were just bit by the bug but yeah, we, we talked about it. It was definitely something that we just had, like, our theater life. And then, like, outside of that, we were just a different person. But we loved it. It was fun. Yeah. And we, um, 
like during that podcast, it came across my mind that I, and I'm pretty sure I never thought of this, but, and I want to see what you think about it, but we kind of realized to, like collectively, we were like, it's really hard. And I don't know if it's different now because this is almost 10 years ago, but I don't know if it's, it's when you do a show, like when you do a play, a musical, whatever, in in the description yeah. of the characters, when you're when when you're looking at the characters, they usually yeah. they'll tell you this this character is a white male, this character is a whatever whatever whatever, and and they are literally telling you that this character has to be played this way. Yeah. And so we were talking about how he felt very limited when it came to that, and yeah. I and I agreed with him. I was like. No, dude, I totally 100% see where you're coming from because, and then it hit me because I remember reading those descriptions of characters and they would tell you like the race of the person, the ethnicity, all that stuff. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's different now because, you know, a lot of those roles, they don't have to be played by a such and such person. They can be played by yeah. so many different kinds of people. Yeah. Like, did you ever, I that's did, true. Did, did you ever feel limited like that? Because it never like struck me when I was in high school. And I just feel like that was because I was so, so young and dumb and naive. Yeah. Well, I definitely learned about that when I went to like theater school is that it just depends on what you're performing. So something like to kill a mockingbird, I feel like the character has to be a certain way yeah. to tell the story. But I feel like for other musicals, like Greece, for instance, like I feel like that could be definitely mixed, you know, you can have like a multiracial cast or something like that if you want to, but um, certain pieces like to kill a mockingbird, I think it had to be that way. But also when you're in high school, it's hard to, you know, understand, you know, certain things. And I feel like as a young kid, probably for him or even for me playing Calpurnia, it was just, you kind of do get stuck in these, you know, bubbles because there's certain roles for like black people that are just in a certain period of time, you have to play, play it that way. So I get it. It gets frustrating, but I think if you do other pieces of, you know, theater or work or thing or other things like that i think you kind of see you know other things can be played like you know you can have a, a black juliet and romeo and juliet or you can have a hispanic i don't know um i don't know give me a play <laughs> but i just feel like it just depends on the, the piece that you're performing but i think for patrick i think for him and for me too um i think for us it was just when you're in high school it's already limited to what you can do because you know most of the kids were school in that school were like white. Most of the kids in the theater program are white. So like, I guess it kind of does put you in a bubble, but it also, I mean, it's, it, it, it also gets you ready for the, the real world because I mean, the real world is, you know, that way. It's just, it's very limited for black people. And that's why I think right now with this sort of revolution that's happening, it's good that people are starting to think outside the box and, you know, seeing that black people are, you know, just as talented and some of the same, you know, some of the same stories that we love. So um, I always appreciated him for, you know, doing what he did in high school. I, I thought he was cool for what he did, especially being like only, one of the only black kids, too. I thought it was pretty cool. A hundred percent. Yes. And yeah. uh, really, if you think about it, it's so hard back then. And again, you know, I keep saying this because literally I'm like not as of this recording tomorrow, my my niece goes into ninth grade at FPC. Oh, wow. And so I'm really curious, like once this week is done, I'm going to like pick her brain. I'm going to be like, what did you experience? Because, you know, I, I haven't been there in 10 years, but I'm really curious yeah. to know what, like, is there a difference? I mean, I'm sure there is, but it's really hard to get guys to do theater. 
if you think about it, yeah. it's, it's mostly in high school. I mean, Patrick was like, yeah, I, I remember seeing hundreds of girls at the auditions and maybe five or six guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's true. So, I mean, on top of being limited, then all of a sudden you have five people to pick from. So, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it it was a really interesting conversation, a pretty eye-opening one. But I mean, you yourself, you did uh, The Wizard of Oz and you played Miss Gulch, who... I did. Who, for everyone (laughs) listening that's not familiar with the most popular movie of all time, in that Mm -hmm. movie, Miss Gulch also is the wizard, or not the wizard, she's the Wicked Witch of the West. And it's the same actor in the movie. So she's a white woman in the beginning who's this really grumpy old bitchy lady. And then she becomes the Wicked Witch and she's even bitchier. So for this this show, for our production of it, we split the roles. So it was Tanaya as Miss Gulch in the beginning and then at the end. And then in the middle, the Wicked Witch was played by someone completely different who, for everyone listening, she was white. So it's, it's, a, it's a, did like that really, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you tonight. That bothered me from the moment that happened. Did like, did that ever bother you? Know, you? I can tell you from my point of view. So for me, let me like give you kind of idea where I was yeah. at that moment in my life. So I had just started getting like roles in the plays because I've actually been taking acting since freshman year, but I wasn't like very, I had like, you know, the bug and I was really, I had the passion for it, but I wasn't really like, you know, skilled yet. Cause I wasn't, it was all new to me. Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't do it in middle school, didn't do it in elementary school, but I really wanted to do it in high school. So I remember I worked really hard and I remember there was like all these different acting teachers. And I remember when we got Mr. K and, um, he kind of, I, t- I had conversations with him about it and he kind of just told me basically long story short that, you know, you just have to work at it. It's a craft that you just have to work at. And, you know, sooner or later, you'll get your chance. I remember when he, right before um, the senior year, our senior year started, and he sent out, like, the um, the list of all the plays that we're going to do that year. And I remember on the bottom of it, he wrote, and I still have it because it's just, you know, it's just something that's just close to me. But he wrote, you know, this is your year, Mr. K. And I just, I just thought, okay, you know, I'm a senior now. This is something that I've been working on is, you know, it's my time to really put in, you know, what I've learned and everything that I've been trying to do. And, you know, I auditioned for all the plays. I auditioned for Greece and uh, the one before that, and I didn't get it, but I wasn't really sad that I didn't get it. I was just more of, okay, I'm not ready. So by the time, you know, Mr. K kind of left and we did Wizard of Oz, it was something that I just kind of knew I had to really work for because I knew it was a big part and I knew Liana who I love like shout out to her she's amazing I knew that she was already you know kind of more seasoned than I was so I was expecting her to get it but my whole frame of thing was I just have to work harder to show that I'm you know somebody who can play it and to me I think I don't think it was any shade I think she had the better audition but I will say now that I look back on it now I'm really proud of myself for doing what I did because I really worked hard for it and I did get you know I didn't get the whole role but I got part of it and that just you know kind of skyrocketed the rest of my career when I went on to you know college and to do other stuff but um I don't think looking back I don't think it was like a racial thing I think it was just I think she really did have the better audition but at the time I'm really proud of myself for doing what I did because I don't think (laughs) a lot of other black girls could have did you know got you know Mrs. Gulch or you know the Wicked Witch of the West but for me to you know work hard and done that. I was proud of myself. So, um, that was something I've always like kind of made peace with, but, um, it would have been nice to do the whole thing. I, I tell you that. 
Yeah, because I mean, yeah. as far as I remember, um, and I'm not saying like you can't sing or anything, because I mean, I can't sing for shit, but um, <laughs> I, like I really can't. I don't know how. Uh, well, again, five guys. Um, uh, I don't think the like there was any singing on the Wicked Witches part. So literally, you could have done that part. I mean, yeah, and that's that's why I say I think she just had the better, like the stronger audition because, um, like. Yeah like day in and day out and I think she was just better fit for it but um yeah I don't know I think I don't I don't know I don't know I think I could have done it but I think when it came down to like whoever the director was at the time I figure her name but I think she just had the better audition but um yeah that's always been like it always kind of bothered me but I never thought it was anything shady I thought she she totally did a good job and I think she deserved it and I did have fun oh yeah <laughs> I think it was my first musical I did so I did have fun I gotta say, um, I maybe it it was probably really confusing for the for the audience the most because it's not like it's not like that was the case for every other character. So the like the Wizard of Oz yeah. is like everyone in the beginning plays all the imaginary characters. That's like the tradition of that show. So I was I forget who the character's name was, but then I was the Scarecrow. And Nick O'Connor was the guy, and then he was the Tin Man. Yeah. And so it's like everybody played a dual role and then the wicked witch for some reason like i don't mean to harp on it but it, seriously i'm glad you made peace with I think, it but it, i think I, I don't think she could choose i think it was just i don't think she wanted to say no to either one of us so i think she just did the best she could with just split it splitting the role because i think i'm telling you i worked i worked my ass off to get that part so <laughs> i think i think i just i made her work for it because i really wanted it but i think she just didn't want to say no to either one of us yeah well, uh, and also, I mean, once you, uh, like, I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to this. Once you kind of, uh, cause that was senior year. So, you know, Leanna, myself, like certain people that were doing the shows multiple years, like you almost sort of, yeah. like, I'll admit to it. Like you almost sort of was like, like, I'm just going to do these shows. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I could bomb at my audition and I'm just going to yeah. somehow <laughs> still do the show because, I'm just that dedicated to it. And it's in that yeah. way, it's a little unfair, but it's, uh, I mean, that's the way it was. And, but again, for the guys, it was so limited. It was so hard to get dudes to try to do these shows. Um, there was, yeah. there was a whole lot more competition from, from the female side, but you know, and I also think there was a lot of like talented people at FPC who just weren't like just into theater. Cause I think the theater program was already like, they had all these different teachers and it just wasn't like, there wasn't any consistency in it. So I think there probably was like a lot more talent than we knew, but it just wasn't like, you know, theater wasn't anybody's main focus. But, um, yeah, I think you guys did awesome. I think the main people who were like, you know, cause I came to see all, I came to saw all the shows, but I think everybody always did a good job. I think everybody was always so talented. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I give FCC a lot of credit for their shows. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, I mean, that's they—they they literally run a professional theater, so it's not just yeah, a school really theater. Do. You know, they have the the touring Broadway and and all that yeah. stuff. And and I don't know if you know this now, but now it's ran by um, uh, Fulmer, Mrs. Fulmer. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because uh, Jeff's so Jeff McDevitt's mom, Lisa, she passed away. And yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, you saw it's that. Like so movie. they had to get somebody to fill her shoes and so i think they just offered it to to amy and she was like all right i'll do this so now she doesn't do choir anymore oh man she was like the best choir teacher <laughs> yeah so it's yeah exactly so that's gonna be one of my intels i mean i could just ask boyd but eh, 
I'll be like yeah. asking my niece, who's the new choir teacher? Like, I'm very curious. But that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting that you've made peace with with that because I haven't. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it bothered me when I was younger, but the older I get, I just kind of look back and I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe she had a strong audition, but I don't know. I, I, just, I just chop it up to maybe we just, she couldn't say no to either one of us, but I, I, it did bother me though when I was younger. It did, but you kind of just grow up and like you know you live and you learn kind of thing. You just kind of take things for what they how they are. Yeah, hundred percent. Move on and and then you went to then you went to college for it. So you literally did what I thought I was going to do and didn't do. You went to college for the stuff and. <laughs> What what was that like? Because a lot of people it would was, argue. Well, a lot of people would argue that it's like, why would you go to school for for acting? Why don't you just get out there and hustle for this stuff? It was, well, I I initially wanted to go to school because, like I said, I kind of got bitten by the bug late, so I just kind of wanted to really study it. Like I respected the craft so much, I kind of wanted to really take it seriously. So I um, wanted to really study it and just you know, learn, learn from some really professional people. But also, too, it was, I kind of was naive to it because I wasn't really, I didn't really understand yet at the time that this was something that most, like I said earlier, African-American kids don't do. They don't go to, you know, theater school, you know? So it kind of was hard to see myself represented in a lot of the work. But um, I think, I think how I got through that was just maturity and just, growing up you know just becoming smarter because it like I said just like in high school it did kind of bother me that you know you're working here you know so hard to try to you know get a degree in something that you care so much about and you know you can't even see yourself in some of this you know some of your favorite you know works of art so it kind of was frustrating on that aspect but at the same time you know you kind of you know I, I kind of gave myself an opportunity to you know, be able to even sit at that table with those people. So I kind of just chopped it up and just, you know, discovered that maybe, you know, the secret to that is just creating your own, you know, work. And then I took a playwriting class and now I'm into that. So, you know, I think it's important to, to, to give yourself opportunities and not all, you know, not all opportunities are perfect, but um, I think you can learn from your opportunities and just make more opportunities for yourself. So, that's kind of how I took that experience because there were times when I would audition for things and would have a perfect audition and wouldn't get it just because it was a period piece and it wasn't, you know, of my race. But you kind of just, that's just how it's always been. And the only way you can change it is to, you know, be the change. So um, I'm working on writing a play right now and hopefully I can finish that because I think that it'd be, you know, really important to show other people, you know, like my younger siblings or cousins and stuff that you can, you know, open your own doors, create your own opportunities. You know, you don't have to limit yourself just because, you know, you don't see yourself, you know, in other people's dreams. So that's kind of, you know, my experience with that. But it was, it was still a good experience. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know you're writing a that yeah. you're writing a play. Yeah, my, I've always, actually always been into writing, um, but I've never really been into playwriting. So I kind of just took a couple of classes on that and I kind of have a story in my head that I'm trying to write on paper. So hopefully I can get it down in like the next year or so. Wow. But and I'm, then, yeah, and I'm then... Very, yeah, I'm also very passionate about writing. I think it's another escape for me from like the crazy world that we live in. Oh yeah. Is it going to be like, what is the, I mean, you don't have to give like specifics, but what's like the basis mm -hmm. of the story? 
Um, basically, it's um, it's just a love story told by two people. It's a white person, a black person who fall in love, but it's basically a love story told between like every significant decade. So it's like the same. I can't really explain it. Like the same people who are falling in love, but you're seeing them in different decades and it's just basically you know different racial tensions and how they overcome them in every decade but it's the same couple so it's, it's kind of hard to put together but i have it like all mashed up in my my mind interesting is it a hopefully pe- i can get it like on paper so it could actually be you know <laughs> actually be as great as i see it but um yeah i kind of kind of dabbled in playwriting a little bit so that's awesome that's is it that right now is it going to be a is it going to be a period piece or is it going to be like it starts in 2010 and then it moves into 2020 30 40 50 i'm trying to make it like a period piece but it it kind of time hops from like every decade so it'll start like in the 50s and it'll jump to the 60s 70s 80s and then it'll be like okay. present day but it's like the same love story and the same two people if that makes any sense at all <laughs> no yeah no 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 i mean when you say that what i think of is i think of something like the notebook something like that yeah okay maybe a little bit more complicated but something like that. <laughs> <laughs> not as not as cliched and not as uh yeah not as cheesy <laughs> Please tell me there's a please tell me there's a there's like a makeout scene in the rain. <laughs> um, every love story has to have one, definitely. Okay. <laughs> all right, that's all that matters. It can be it can be as <laughs> it can be as sophisticated as you want, as long as there's that scene, we're good. I don't know how you would put yeah. that on on stage, but um, I've been working on it. It's been kind of hard, but I I'm, I don't know. I think if I take my time and actually just not rush the process, it'll be great because I I kind of see it in my head, but it's kind of hard to to get it on paper but i'll do it i'm determined <laughs> yeah no that's interesting that's interesting that you can i totally understand what you're saying but you know what the sad part yeah. is is you were saying it's going to be you know that, that, like there's going to be a focus on the racial tension and yeah and obviously you're talking about the 50s the 60s everything but the sad mm-hmm. part is is you could set it in 2010 and then move forward from there and it you would you would yeah. still be able to do it you would still be able to make that story you know mm-hmm that's the sad part. It's not it. So it's a period piece, but at the same time, it's a incredibly relevant thing still like to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember back then when we did that, that was like a big deal and I couldn't understand why. Yeah. 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 I mean, like it always like, yeah, it always just baffled me. Like I never understood why. No, no, I don't. I mean, seriously, I think you should check out the Patrick episode, obviously because he's yeah. funny. He's funny as hell. Um, but we, you know, when, like when he gets serious, he gets serious. And we definitely talked yeah. about why that thing was canceled, why, why a school district would suppress something that is required reading. And just because it's going to yeah. be just because it's going to be put on a stage and yeah. acted out now, now you have reason to cancel it. It's like, then cancel the book. Why is the book still? Yeah. <laughs> why is the book still being read? It makes no sense. Exactly. Makes exactly. no sense. And it's in defense of racial equality. I mean, it's 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 literally a pro racial equality piece. It's not like it's an, like it's not anti, you know, racial equalities. It, none of it made any yeah. sense. I think it started because somebody got a death threat, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think somebody. Yeah, I think there was like some shady stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and, <laughs> like I remember thinking, what? It's a play. Yeah, like, I was just like. <laughs> 
it's a it's a play. That's all it is. It's a play. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. So, I you know. So okay, I guess we'll 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 talk about the thing that I wanted to talk about because I texted you a little while back and did like mm. I don't know did you watch that whole video? I did watch the video and I was actually really surprised at what I saw when when I did watch the video. Okay, so this is the this is the part where if anyone listening is you know whatever just we're we're gonna have a mature conversation here and 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 it's gonna okay. be it's gonna be. This is like, I guess you could say Black Lives Matter episode part two, because I really wanted to get you on because it was, uh, you know, a lot of the people I talked to, I was only vaguely familiar with in my life. I felt honestly closer to you and and I was really upset that I wasn't able to to have your opinion on there. So mm-hmm. before before we talk about what we're going to talk about, which is that the whole George Floyd video was released to the public, like the entire 30 plus minute video. Um, yeah. What is your basic, uh, before that video came out, what is like, what, like, Mm -hmm. where were you when this whole thing started? I was, I kind of felt, you know, when you see, for me, when you see, you know, another headline, a black person gets murdered, you kind of become, you know, used to it. I don't want to say that sounds horrible, but it's the truth. You know, you kind of become used to it. So, you know, it, it was another another black man killed by a police officer okay but when you really see like you know the first video, the video that came out it was like oh my god this is absolutely just murder because the guy was you know on the ground the police officer had his knee and his i'm sorry his neck and it was for a very long time so it kind of you know felt like okay now maybe they'll take us serious you know this is clearly anybody from any race could see that this is clear cold-blooded murder and you know, I was kind of excited because I thought that, okay, now we're really going to have the conversation. Like, now how can you say that this man deserves this, you know? So I was all in for, you know, justice for, for Floyd. But um, then the new video came out and, like, people try to, like, you know, turn the narrative. But uh, I must say I kind of still feel the same way after watching the new video. I, I think I still feel like he shouldn't have been executed the way he was. I don't know. Call me... Bias, I don't care. I th- I think it was, I think no matter how you flipped it, I think it was nobody should have died that day, you know, kind of, it just, it just shouldn't have happened, you know, no matter what the circumstances that led to it, he should have been able to, you know, had his day in court and then suffer the consequences of whatever he had done, you know, before that. But I don't think he deserved to die on that day, you know, the way he did. I just, I just, I feel that a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And me too. Me too. A hundred percent. There was, there was no need for the, the video that we initially saw was, uh, literally just the eight minutes and 46 seconds, I believe is what it is of the guy, Derek, whatever the hell his last name is. And then that was what started everything. So, um, fast forwarding to the, the, the complete video, um, I still stand with you. Like I hundred percent still stand yeah. with you. There was no, there was no rhyme or reason for him to die that day. There, like there was no reason for that to happen. The yeah. issue that a lot of people, cause I, cause I heard you say that they tried to flip the narrative and I watch, I don't know if you watch this guy, his name's Ben Shapiro or if you've heard of uh, him. No. Okay. He's, he's a commentator. I don't know. like, I don't know if he's on a, like an actual show, but I know he has a very popular mm-hmm. YouTube channel. 
and okay. he does commentary. And so he was obviously doing a commentary on this because this is right up his alley. He's very political and, and all this stuff. And so he also shared the same sentiment. He was like, look, what, what I say here does not reflect anything that happened to George Floyd. George Floyd should not have died. He shouldn't like that was mm -hmm. murder, everything. Yes. His, yeah. his issue with with that new video that came out and then I shared the exact same sentiment and I want to see if you do as well is that whole entire video should have been shared from day one because then you would have more than likely not have had as many riots or any riots that you yeah. that, that that we had in the country because the media showed eight minutes and 46 seconds of 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 a black man being executed by a white man right and that's mm -hmm. why that's why everybody was up in arms and we're mm -hmm. and we're not defending it at all but the beginning of that video those other officers not Derek because he's not there at that moment the other officers yeah. they're actually pretty understanding they're you know they're trying to just get him yeah. into the car and he's resisting and I, so much and I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off, but You're I 100 percent understand like he's being difficult, he's resisting, but at the same time, they're also trained to deal with people like him. I mean, that's why they wear the badge. They're trained to do that job. They're trained to deal with people. Not every arrest is going to be an easy arrest, you know, but it's also not their job to hold court in the street and to I mean, after a certain while, you know, he's on the ground, yes. you know, he stops moving. So that's when you should have proceeded to, you know, 100%. continue with the arrest. I I just feel like it just—it shouldn't happen the way it happened. It's just unfortunate. It really is. It's—it's a hundred percent unfortunate. And again, really, the whole point of his video and me bringing it up here is really to blame the media because if you think about it, the pro, like the protests, the really the riots. It's not even the protests. Protests are okay. Yeah. It's the riots that are not okay. Yeah. And think about all the chaos and 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 brutality that that's occurred because of these riots and the media not representing it correctly. Because I think if you would have showed that entire video, there would have been peaceful protests across the board about yeah. George Floyd was murdered by, 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 by this officer, because this is my issue. Right. And I want to see Tanaya, mm -hmm. if you agree as well. Yes. The other officers are to 100% blame. They didn't do anything. They didn't intercede. Like they did nothing, but yeah. you know, it's really the main focus is on the Derek guy because he was the one with his knee on the neck, right? He's the one that's yeah, that's really to blame about for the whole thing if you have to pick one person to blame. So, you know, if you show that entire video, I think people will focus on the unjustified death, murder, really, of George Floyd, and then they're not going to violently riot. They violently rioted because they didn't get the entire video. And it literally just yeah. looked like they put him on the ground and killed him. And yeah, that's not exactly what happened. Yes, he was murdered, but there's an entire lead up to it where he could have just gotten in the car and lived, you know, and I'm not justifying yeah. their actions, but you really like, and this is the problem so many people have. They just pick one side. They don't look at it and it's the media's fault. I mean, really, ultimately it is. I also believe too that, I mean, I feel like I'm a big believer in that you just have to trust the system. I believe that if an arrest is made, if somebody does something wrong, they're supposed to go to jail and pay for their, you know, whatever they did in court. And I feel like 
he also didn't give himself a chance to have his day in court, but I feel like they didn't either. So the whole thing is just tragic. Yeah. But it still stands that, you know, he was murdered at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what he did, he was executed. So, yes. you know, it's just it's just a tragedy on both sides. If you if you even believe that, it's just it wasn't it just wasn't a good day. No, no, it definitely wasn't. And and yeah. You know, and and I'm honestly surprised that it took this long for that video to come out. I don't know how, like, and I don't know if you do as well, but I have no clue over who decides what gets shown, what doesn't get shown. I'm sure it has to do with, like, the police department can release the stuff. I think the police department, but I think they also do a lot of things to protect themselves. So I think, you know, I think they just didn't want to release it because they just wanted to, you know, if they decided to do it, I think they wanted to do it on their terms very carefully because it was already a bad situation. It was already, you know, from, you know, somebody else's phone video that, you know, this guy was just, oh, hey, he just, you know, got murdered in the middle of the street. So I feel like they had the video the whole time and I feel like they just release it on their terms yeah. to protect themselves because right now they're not looking too good. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't think the video helped them at all. I think, you know, I think they may have tried to do that with this video because I think, you know, to, you know, maybe a racist person, it looks like, okay, this guy deserved to die. And I think that's probably what they hoped for when it was released. But, you know, it kind of just doesn't come off that way because you kind of still see the, the guy, you know, was still murdered, you know, at the end of the day. So I don't think, I don't think it helped them at all to release that video. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I haven't actually been following what's, because I don't know if they've even been talking about it, have they? Like, have they been talking about what's what's going on with the officers? I don't like. I don't know any updates on this stuff. It's really no. It's it's all in the dark. Um, oh. From what I can tell, I I know that he's supposed to have his day in court, and I'm no. I think he's on leave without pay. But other than that, like, what's going on with his trial or whatever? You know, they're not really telling us any of that stuff. Probably oh. because they don't want people to like you know riot and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2020. It's just the crazy times, crazy yeah. time we're living in. 2020. It's, and it uh, doesn't help. I also said, too, it doesn't help that, you know, before this happened, everybody was, like, locked into their houses. So, of course, yeah. you know, you kill a black, you know, you kill another black person, people are going to, you know, go crazy. They're already locked in their house. They can't go anywhere. You know, this is just another reason for them to, you know, <laughs> let loose with everything. You know, you can't lock people away, tell them they can't go outside, you know everybody's quarantined and then you just kill a person and expect them to just take it, you know, after a while people are going to get upset, they're going to get angry and then they're going to riot. So I understand where they're coming from with the riot. I don't support rioting. I've never had, but I do understand it and I sympathize with it because I understand it's coming from a place of hurt and anger. Um, but I think, I think that's what you get when you, you know, oppress people for years and years and years. I think that's what you get. So Hopefully things get better. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know, because yeah, 2020, I mean, this is literally, I think it'll go in the Guinness Book of World Records as the worst year on the face the worst, of, on the face the of worst this, year. On the face of this earth. I mean, yeah. You have COVID. You have racial injustice. You have rioting. Yeah. You have a bozo, Don't bizarre election. The election coming up. <laughs> Right, you have something oh like ripped right out of a, uh, like a bad horror movie. I know. Yeah, it's interesting. I was, um, because I'm not political at all. Like I, 
like I don't I like I know very little about politics, but I had Boyd on yeah. and uh we were um Boyd is like one of my easiest going friends. Like he he can swing one way in terms of politics and I can come on here and I can shit all over it and he'll be able to take it and not, you know, have an issue with it. <laughs> but I don't do that because I'm not political. But anyways, he was on yeah. the other day and uh we uh brought up this video of Joe Biden answering the like Google questions or something. It was just like for comedy purposes. It was just a laugh because like I think he's funny. Like I think he's literally on the borderline of uh, forgetting who he is. So yeah, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and it's just funny to me. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, I don't. I don't know what what the uh, what like what's going to happen in the next what seventy some odd days. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly, I can say I kind of have a feeling that it can't get any worse. <laughs> but then again, maybe it can, maybe it can. I don't uh, know. Maybe it can. Hundred percent can. Yes, but I mean, maybe you can incorporate it into your story. I don't know. Maybe you can somehow weave all of this, weave this entire year into your story, and then have it somehow conclude happily and peacefully. I think if somebody a movie about twenty twenty, it'll be like. The craziest movie ever made. Yeah, in in, in a lot of ways, this is like the, the like that movie, The Purge, election year. I don't know if you yeah, saw that movie. It's kind of scary. A lot of it is very similar. I mean, you have yeah. violence in the streets, and you have a you have a you have a big election. So, I mean, we've already checked yeah. off two of the the big three. All we needed was a a virus going around killing half of the purgers, and and there you go. But you know, I told my friend, I was like. If I survive this year, I'm getting a T-shirt that says "I survived 2020." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we, yeah, we all do. And but there's so many memes going around of 2020 that, you know, it's they're like, hold on, I have a couple here. I'm gonna, I want to pull them up here just <laughs> for shits and memes. giggle. Yeah, it's like 2020 memes. They're funny. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, and we have like a coin shortage, and I don't even know what's going on with that. <laughs> but someone posted. It's it's because people are throwing coins into wells, wishing the year was over or something. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's funny. That's why we have a coin shortage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, ah, oh, here's one. It's a uh, December twenty fifth, twenty twenty, and it shows a picture, ironically enough, of of like a bunch of the Terminators from the Terminator movies. And it says, yeah. and it says, at this point, would you really be surprised if this happens on December twenty fifth, twenty twenty? It's just like, yeah. Well, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so you can. Yeah, only, I'm the same way. Right? I mean, you have to be. It 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 can only hopefully go up from here, but I don't know how that can yeah. how that can be done. I don't know what we could actually I do. Think you should just. Expect the worst and hope for the best. But if I was okay, here's a hypothetical situation, right? If I were to, if I were to tell you, Tanaya, you have to run for office. Like you have to. There's no, you have mm-hmm. no choice. I'm making you run for office. What is your first mm-hmm. order of business? Like, what is the first thing that you're going to be like? All right, here's my first thing that we are 100% cracking down on. I think we are going to. I think we should release all the people who are locked up for selling marijuana because it's just not fair. <laughs> I think I think because it's so like legal in other places, it's just unfair for it to be like illegal in other places. 
I just feel like, I don't know, it's, it's ruining a lot of people's lives. And I think a lot of young people go to jail for it and for a very long time. So I think I would, I think I would do that first. That would be your first and then order I would be of business. Glad to everywhere. <laughs> Get them out. And then that frees up some, some jail space. And yeah. then we put in what, like, like, who do we put in? We put in I'm trying to think of a sarcastic, smart reply. <laughs> I can't think of one. Who do we put in? So we have all this free space. Well, we put in all the weird pedos like that are like apparently out there. Yeah, but how do you like how do you locate them? Because they're so they're so on the DL. Um, I guess you just lure them <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, you pull a Chris Hansen. That's what you do to catch a predator. There you go. Did you ever watch that show? That show was that show was the shit. I love that show. <laughs> to catch a predator. Yeah. You ever watch that show? Yeah. That show was amazing. Like, seriously, did you know they did one in Flagler Beach? Did they? Yeah. No. They did a but whole... But I watched, like, a lot of the, um, with, like, the ID channel, and a lot of them happened in Florida, surprises me. Eh, is it surprising? <laughs> I mean, Florida is... Let me, yeah, like, when you think about it, it's not that surprising, but... Florida's a, a geez, just a, just a crock pot of, literally, like, I don't know why I'm still here, but... And why yeah, I know people tell me all the time, like, why did you come back? But <laughs> why did like, like it's like you were in the state of Rocky, like you had Rocky at like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And you came back here and uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll leave again someday. I like to I like to move around. Like I like moving. So maybe I'll end up somewhere else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Before I forget, because I because cause I do have something I want to say, but they did a whole episode. So, you know, Flagler Beach, they did a whole episode and like this isn't recent. This is probably like 2007, 2008, like right when you and I are in high school and yeah. and it's bizarre. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly how that episode goes, one dude arrives at the house, like the sting house where they have all the all the the cameras and everything. He he literally yeah. arrives butt ass naked, and and Chris Hansen comes out and he like the guy I think tries to run or something and then he immediately gets arrested and it says Flagler Beach Police and I'm just thinking, oh, <laughs> God, this is a really bad commercial for Flagler Beach. <laughs> this is really bad. This is not good. I don't know. I mean, I guess I understand why they agreed to do it, but that's. Yeah. You, like you know that saying there's no such thing as bad publicity? That's bad yeah. publicity. <laughs> <laughs> no one was watching that thinking, "Hey honey, you want to go to uh, down to Flagler yeah. Beach and vacation?" <laughs> <laughs> no, you you weirdo. There's 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 look at there's pervs literally walking the shore. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? Let's go to Myrtle Beach. <sighs> Flagler Beach. Flagler Beach. Crazy. But yeah, it happened and it blew my mind. And then, who would have thought? Little Flagler Beach. Yeah, sad because I mean it, it's sort of nice, or it used to be. I don't know. I don't really go there too often. I try to mm -hmm. go to nicer beaches, Daytona Beach. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't like the sand at Flagler Beach for some reason. No, <laughs> like, I, I like agree. The sand at Daytona Beach better. It's something about the sand. Hundred percent. Like that sand at Flagler Beach cuts your feet, and it's it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel good. It feels really <laughs> bad. Yeah. I ha, 
have you ever gone to a beach that has see-through water? I still need to check that off my bucket list. No, I have not, and I want to so bad. And I, my number one place to go to is like Greece because I feel like they have the most beautiful water. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. Or even you know, because Greece is that's a whew, who knows when that'll go back to being a thing, right? Because ain't nobody traveling to Greece right now. No, but. I think if you have, I think if you travel right now, you have to like quarantine yourself for two weeks. True. Yeah. Yeah. Did you freak out like I did when uh, Tom Hanks was confirmed with COVID? I literally started crying. I was like, Yeah, I did. I was like, Oh my gosh! Especially at the time because I think it was like early COVID. Yeah. So (laughs) I was like, Oh my god! I hope he's okay. (laughs) Exactly. When no one knew anything about COVID, it's like. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> COVID happened, and then all of a sudden, in the news, Tom Hanks has COVID, and I'm like, "Oh, come yeah. on!" That's when I honestly, like, this is serious. That's when I, that's when I started yeah. taking it serious. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Get out of here, Tom Hanks, America's dad, has COVID." Yeah. All right, now I, I really, kind of, I kind of expected, I kind of expected like a lot of celebrities to get it. I'm actually surprised that. Maybe I haven't heard that they have it. I'm actually surprised a lot of celebrities haven't got it because they do a lot of traveling and stuff. So yeah, yeah. But then, like you know, like where my mind went with that, I was thinking, oh man, Tom Hanks gets COVID, and Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby are totally fine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. What? Okay. I think him. Didn't his wife have it too? Him and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both had it. Yeah. yeah that sucks. Yeah, he had it. What Idris Elba got it? Yeah, he had it too. Him and his girlfriend had it. I was like, no, oh, yeah. not the gunslinger. Did Did you ever I see know, that movie, The Dark true. Tower? Oh yeah, <laughs> The Dark Tower. That was uh, he was so good as the gunslinger, and that's a yeah. He's he's good. He's a good one. He's one of my faves. Yeah, and I love that he's um he's British, and that always throws me off. <laughs> Yeah, it does me too. Cause like when he like does interviews, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because usually most of the time he talks with an American accent, so I got so used to it. Yeah. And then, and then he was talking about this. I think he posted about it. He was like, "Hey everybody, I just want to let you know I got COVID." And I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> whoa, hold on!" <laughs> like I had to rewind it. I was first thrown off by his accent, and then I was like, "Wait, what did he say?" I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just scary and. <sighs> Do you know anybody that's been affected by it, like, directly? Um, my grandmother, one of my grandma's friends passed away from it in New York when no. it was really bad up there. Um, but, no, I know a girl at my job just had it, but she seems fine. She's pretty young, so I'm sure she'll be, like, okay. But yeah. other than that, I'm lucky to not know, like, anybody really super close. Well, you said New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking New York and California. I mean, I mean, that's obvious, right? They're, like, literally... Yeah. They're like they're melting pots of, yeah. you know, if there's a virus, that's where the virus is going. So if, yep. if I was in New York, yeah. I literally would have the day that thing got announced, I would have I would have been on the express train out of there. Yeah, that's what my sister. I have a sister who was there and she came down here with her kids. She's like, yeah, I can't stay there. It's not a blimmer. No, no, you know, it's not where you want to be when a virus hits. Yeah. And then. And then and then everybody comes to Florida because they're not taking it seriously, and then they party it up yeah. on the on the beaches, which is ironic because I had um I had doctor her name's Doctor Lacara, uh she's in California. I had her on the podcast, and because I wanted to get like an actual doctor to yeah talk about COVID with me, 
And uh, I asked her about the the supposed curing of COVID by sunlight. And I was asking her, I was like, if that's true, why did why did everybody that came down to Florida partied it up on the beaches? Why did why did they spread COVID? And she was like, <laughs> right? Because it's the sunshine state. And she was like, the the kind of light that you would need to to cure COVID would literally burn your skin off, essentially. And oh my goodness. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it a little bit of it is sun from the sun, but it's mostly yeah. it's mostly a special form of light that 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 you have to have. And I mean, it's just not practical at this point. It's it's right up there with injecting yourself with whatever Trump said to inject yourself with. So <laughs> I mean, don't do it. You know, it's it's so crazy. But like so many people are like, oh well, I'm just gonna go out on the beach and and tan. And then that just kills the COVID. It's like, no, no. not really. <laughs> I heard someone tell me, someone told me once that like, it's basically a flu and I guess heat kills the flu. So basically they say like, you know, warmer states like Florida and stuff, you know, that's why they didn't have, you know, as many cases, but I don't think just like sunbathing is going to just cure you from the coronavirus. No, not at all. And that's the real problem that I've discovered. I mean, I try to stay away from the news, but I mean, there's just so much talk and there's so many different theories and there's so many different remedies, quote unquote, that it's hard to know who do I listen to? (laughs) I got one person. Yeah, I got one person telling me this and then I got another person telling me this and then this person telling me that the one person before me was contradicted. And it, it, it's like, OK, can we all collectively come together around a big table, put this on television and and talk it out? I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> they need to just sit at a big round table and view style like the view, like that morning show, the view. Yeah. That's what they need to do, but they need to be all doctors. <laughs> yeah, but I think everybody has like their different opinion when it comes to certain things. <laughs> so I think that's why we hear so many like, "Oh, do this!" or "No, no, do this." Yeah. Everybody just everybody's an expert, I guess. <laughs> that's the problem. Everybody thinks they're an expert. And, yeah, and you know, I have a I have a belief that nobody's an expert because if if anybody was an expert, there would be zero error. There would be no error. Yeah ever yeah and there's there, like no matter what field you're in if it's if it's being a doctor if it's being someone who designs cars there's still error that occurs people die in surgeries people have car accidents because of car malfunctions and defects so you know we're all just kind of winging it essentially yeah with a little flair but <laughs> just a little <laughs> i think the person who has it down pat is um do you follow David Blaine at all, the magician? No. No? Okay, so I'm just going to bring you up to speed on what he's doing in exactly one week from today, mm-hmm. August 31st. He is doing, it's called Ascension. And basically, mm-hmm. it's like the movie Up, where yeah. instead of a house attached to a ton of balloons, and it's not a trick because he's a magician and he's known for bit, like doing illusions. But this is a this is a hundred percent real. He's going to hold on to a crap ton of insanely large uh, hydrogen filled, I believe they're hydrogen filled balloons, and he's going to on YouTube. It's going to be on YouTube live. He's going to 
be taken up into the sky with no parachute on him. The parachute is up in the balloons. Oh, my God. He's going to just literally drift away up into the sky. And what he wants to happen is he wants to obviously just vanish up into the clouds. But he wants to see how high he can go before the balloons pop. And obviously, as he's going up, he has to put on the the parachute. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, when the balloons pop, he's going to fall to his death. So, and he's going to have cameras on him. It's going to be, it's going to be a hundred percent live on YouTube. And I, <laughs> that is insane. Oh my God. Yeah. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he talked about it like extensively. And he has like, like he had to take 500 jumps out of a plane to get his skydiving license. And it's just crazy oh stuff. Gosh. That dude, he has the answers. He knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he like perfects this before he does like the actual live yeah. thing. Well, that's, that'll be <laughs> oh my god! Right? Like, think about that. And it's not even the fact that he's trying to float away and and come down. It's the fact that he's going to float away and have no parachute attached to him. He's going to have to do yeah, it that's in the midair. Thing. He has to do it in midair. And he's like, is he putting it on? He has to put it on. Yeah, so it's going to be way up in the balloons. This is why I wish we could have done this. For everyone listening, we were going to do this, uh, Tanaya and I, we were going to be uh, on like a stream and I was going to be able to see her, but um, the Wi-Fi was a like was an issue, so we have to do a phone call. But I wish I could show you this. I mean, you can Google it, but it's called David... Yeah, I am going to Google it. Yeah, David Blaine Ascension. And they're, like the parachute is going to be way up in the balloons. So he's going to s- somehow be able to pull the parachute down, but it's like... Joe even said this. He was like, dude, what if like, what if the parachute just falls? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You're screwed. <laughs> and yeah, I think and, I have to watch that. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm definitely going to be there. I think it starts at 6 a.m. in the morning. I don't know if you're a morning person, but. Um, I, I'm not, <laughs> but I, I get up every morning because I have to work, but there you go. I'm definitely going to watch that. That's insane. Yeah. And you know, it's like stuff like that in a year of chaos, brutality, just sadness, stuff like that is, yeah. is what we need. You know, I mean, yeah, he could die, but he decided to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but he really just wants that image of, uh, of, of a man being taken away by balloons. That's why he's not wearing the parachute. It would destroy the image. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one though. Oof. Yeah. But I mean, he's done some crazy shit in the past. He was, you know, he tried to break the world record for holding your breath. I think like eight minutes or something. Um, Yeah, I mean, the dude's crazy. I don't know, like if you've followed him, but he's no. But I like stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, he's badass and he's legit. And you know, he's not Chris Angel. Chris Angel is he's a yeah. As far as I know, he's a he's a phony. But um, interesting stuff. Yeah, like I'm surprised you didn't know about that because uh. That's a obviously once you go on Joe Rogan's podcast, no matter who you are, you just kind of instantly blow up more. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that one because, like, again, that's that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing crazy. we need. Yeah, <laughs> to distract us from like the craziness of like yeah, ugh, COVID and police brutality and ugh, yeah, and it's free. But one of my friends joked, they were like, watch, this is going to be something that's on YouTube Red, and you're going to have to pay for it. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, because that's crazy. Like, what if it doesn't work? It, 
Somebody's getting sued. Probably YouTube. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll be there. Well, I won't be there, but it'll get the views though. It'll be like a million views, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. So, so how do you move around? So, cause it just sounds like you, whenever you want, it just sounds like you move. How do, <laughs> like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's not really, uh, it wasn't really like whenever I want, but it just happened that way. Cause I, I did, uh, the theater school here i did that for three years and then after i moved to pennsylvania but i moved to philadelphia with my sister um and then my sister moved to maryland but i didn't want to move to maryland so i ended up um, moving to pittsburgh with the boyfriend at the time um and i'm back here so that's kind of how it happened i kind of just went wherever the wind kind of took me but i liked it though i liked not settling down for too long i liked you know, learning from different people and seeing different places and being everywhere. It was, it was fun. <laughs> you know, I was 20, 21, 22, 23, and I was just having fun. And so I think everybody should have a little bit of crazy fun in their 20s. So I think after that, it's just time to get serious about your life. <laughs> so I don't regret it. I think it was really fun. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of jealous because I've only ever lived in Florida. And I... I'm always in awe of people that that can just, you know, even if it's just to one one other place. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's really cool. And and I don't know. Do you know um, Michaela Corson? Does that name ring a bell? It does. It sounds familiar, but I can't I can't see her face. But her name sounds familiar. Okay. Because she go to SCC. Yes, I think she only went for one year. Um, so you may or may not know her, but she was on the podcast yeah. and literally she is the, she is the definition of somebody who is not tied down to one location. She will, she, she literally hops to wherever she wants to go. And that just blows my mind and inspires me at the same time. It's like someone, yeah. someone that free spirited that has no, you know, she has no roots. She just kind of yeah. uproots herself. It also helps if you don't like have a lot of, you know, baggage to hold you back. Because like me, I don't have like children or, True. you know, anything like a serious, serious job, you know, I kind of just, I'm not really a person who like has a bunch of material, you know, things. So it kind of helps if you live a lifestyle like that too, yeah. you know, because then you get to just get up and go. But um, I think everybody should at least move away from wherever they were, you know, raised. Because I think it I don't know, does something to you. It helps you become a better person if you if you say so. But um I, I think it I think it was fun though. I learned a lot of about what I should do, what I shouldn't do, met some good, bad people. It was just fun life experiences up there. Yeah, you you did a trial and error. Cause what, did you when you moved to Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. did you have family system or was it literally just you and your boyfriend at the time it was my me and my sister at first and then when she moved it was just me and my boyfriend oh, and then two okay. it was i don't know if you know this but the theater life in pittsburgh is actually like amazing there's like so many different shows i think i did a show i think it was 2016 and it's called the um the pittsburgh new works festival and it's this big huge festival they have with all these Playwrights, they submit these new plays that they've written, and then like people in the community perform them, and it's like a big thing they do every year. So it was pretty cool, you know, being a part of that. But 
um yeah it, it, it was just me and my boyfriend and I just was you know taking life by the horns I guess <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wasn't, I mean, it wasn't perfect. Like there was some things I went through that weren't great. And there was just other things that were. So just a really big learning experience, but it was fun. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, it, like I, I genuinely think that's amazing because you took a chance. You were trial and erroring that thing. Yeah. And, and now you have, you know, how old are you? You have what? I'm um, 27. Oh, we're the same age. Okay. So you have some experience under your belt of knowing what it's like to, you know, in a way uproot yourself and get away from the family and, and, and do it on your own. And, and I mean, that's a lot in this life, you know, that's, that's a lot of experience and that's a lot of uh, kudos to you seriously. Cause that's just, that's a big step, you know, to just, yeah, it was, and it wasn't like, I think too, like I, I told my mom this the other day. I, I don't think I was ready at all because I think I left when I was 20. I think I left Florida when I was 20. So I still think I was very young, maybe too young <laughs> to go. But like I said, it was a learning experience and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. 20. Damn. Out of Florida, on to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Something. But I mean, you know, you hear. Or, you know, even crazier stories of kids at like 15, 14 that are just moving around, doing it on their own, hitchhiking. It's like, yeah, that's, that's messed up. That's some messed up stuff right there. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Being 14 and you just are on the side of the highway <laughs> yeah. holding your thumb out. That's, that's not good. No. That's see if I was if I was elected to, to to office that would be my first order of business I would be like we need to scan the highways and we need to find out if there's 14 15 year olds hitchhiking and we need to get them into a into a program that's gonna you know set them on yeah. the right course we need to get them off the highway I don't know how yeah. frequently this happens but I would imagine it's it's pretty it still happens to this day because you have all these kids that are rebelling and just being like eh, I don't know yeah it happens a lot I think I like a lot of very like homeless teens. I'm not homeless like on the streets like begging, but like kids who didn't have like really. So it's, it's, it happens more often than not. Yeah, yeah, and and homelessness. I mean, dear God, I was in Orlando just a few weeks ago, um, and uh, I was doing. Um, it's called Lime L I M E, and they're basically like scooters that you can that you can walk up to and you just scan it on your phone, and then you can just take off and I was doing it with a friend and we were just riding around Orlando downtown Orlando and dear god the amount of of, of like homeless people is it honestly upset me you know it was it was just looking at it cuz cuz I can't imagine what that's like you know like that's one of my biggest yeah. fears it's funny I was uh, like a Facebook memory popped up one day and I read it and it was me answering like a hundred questions or something from seven, eight years ago. And one yeah. of my, like one of the questions was what's your biggest fear? And I, I'm pretty sure I answered seven or eight years ago being homeless. And it's always been a fear of mine. It's always like, what if I don't have the ability to wake up with a roof over my head, air conditioning, blankets, food, a shower, toothpaste, yeah. You know, and I look at these people and they're just laying on a, on cement with a backpack as their pillow. And and here I am riding a like scooter yeah. around <laughs> and, you know, at, like 
it, it felt wrong at some time. Like it was a real battle of, of my mind. I was like, man, I feel bad because I want to do something. And, and, but you know, you see so many horror stories of, of violent people being homeless. And so it's, it, it's just, you don't know how you can help. I mean, obviously you can donate to, to a charity that, you know, or a food bank or stuff like that. But I wanted to directly help, you know, and, and, I, but I just didn't feel yeah. comfortable walking up to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I don't know, like, are they sane? Are they erratic? Yeah. And you also don't know how they got there either. You know, some people are like on drugs some people are just, uh, you never know, you know, yeah. but my heart did break for them. And, 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 so, you know, that's something that I'm always grateful for when I wake up in the morning and, and no matter what, yeah. no matter what's going on in my day, no matter what bullshit is going on around me, I'm, I'm just like, all right, well, Hey, my fan's working. So yeah, I'm not sweating. Well, I'm sweating a little bit, but I'm not sweating as much as I would. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have the fan. If I didn't have the fan. So, but is the um is Pennsylvania pretty pretty bad when it comes to homeless or you don't know or yeah but they're they kind of have it they, they have a lot of homeless people but they kind of have it somewhat under control they have a lot of homeless shelters a lot of resources for them which is really good but you still see a lot of them especially like downtown you know downtown Pittsburgh it's kind of you know really bad but there are a lot of resources for them so I will give them credit for that kudos to them. But still, it's just, it just sucks, though. It, it, you just kind of, like, every time you see a homeless person, it's just, like, damn, you know. That could be, you know, any any one of us. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously the cliched one is, right, so you see a homeless person on the side of the road, you give them money, and then what do they do with the money? They go get alcohol, they go get whatever, and it's, yeah. that's always something that I hear when it comes to, you know, why did you give that guy money? What if he goes and buys beer with it? Well, you know, my, like, something that my mom always instilled in me is, well, you have no control over that. All you had control over was giving something that yeah. you earned to another person. And then whatever they yeah. do with that, that's up to them. If they want to do it for not, not, not the best reasons. Okay. Then that's, yeah. that's probably why they're still there. Um, but you know, you did a good deed. So I just didn't feel comfortable in this situation going up to these people. Cause there was a lot of them and, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a scrawny dude and, yeah. <laughs> and if they jump me I'm fucked. So, you know, I was like, all right, I feel bad for you. My heart breaks for you, but let's zoom on this scooter a little faster. So crazy. Yeah. But Tanaya, I appreciate, mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, I really no wish problem. I, I really wish I could have seen, like saw you, seen you. I, I really wish I, I could have saw you, but, um, I'm working on getting better Wi-Fi too. I have spectrum right now. So like, it just sucks all the time, I but gotcha. I do want to do this again where we can actually, you know, see each other and talk about maybe something else. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's yeah. just, it's, it, honestly, it's a lot easier cause I used to do the phone call strictly and then I transitioned. Yeah. I transitioned to doing video and it's just so yeah. much easier to see because like you can see the person. So you're like, there's less interrupting and it just flows a lot better. And yeah, you know, so definitely have to do that and uh, uh, get you on when the, when the Wi-Fi situation is under control, but yeah, either way, sure. either way, this was a lot of fun. I, I 
loved hearing your voice for, like I said, the first time in seems like 10 years, probably 10 years, 10 years, a decade. That's crazy. One decade. But you still sound like the funny part is, is you could literally, and I'm not saying this because you're on the other end of the line. You could, you could do this. Like you could do a voice test on me. You could play five, 10, 15 voices and tell me to pick out which one is Tanaya's voice. And I could have, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I could have picked it out because you have, you just have that voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like that's weird that a decade can go by and your voice sounds so similar to how it sounded a decade earlier. I know you too, though. You have the same voice, yeah. same, same exact voice. It didn't get any deeper. Um, a little bit, but it, I don't know. It has, it has the same tone. It's just the same. Yeah. Like it's just recognizable. Like I would know it's you. Exactly. See, so you share the same sentiment. You, it's, it's Eddie's yeah. voice. Yeah. It's interesting. And Boyd has the 100% most identifiable voice ever. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so deep and so country. It's crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely check out Patrick's episode. Cause I think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy what he had to, what he had to say there. Yeah. So thank you for coming on and, um, I'll let you know when this goes live and, uh, uh, just do me a favor. When we hang up here, can you uh, send me like a photo of you with uh, like, like you said, you didn't have earbuds, but I just want something that I can share on social media if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Or like an old photo, but maybe not like a super old photo, but you know, something kind of current. Yeah, no problem. Cool. All right, sweet. Well, I enjoyed talking to you and uh, don't forget me about too. David Blaine. Don't forget about David Blaine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon, okay? You too. Take care. Bye.